Blog Talk Radio. today. We're doing our show a little bit earlier today, and who we are having on the show is a, like an amazing group. That name of the group is Broken Chains. Broken Chains is a group that is a very contemporary Christian rock group, and they have no problem what they stand for and their beliefs, and, you know, we would never think so, but they're making a complete difference right now in the U.K., and in the U.S. Uh, Jay Logan will be on shortly, our guest host. And um, we just want to let you know a little bit more about Broken Change. They're on, they're on high on the charts on MTV, a remarkable feat considering that they're an unsigned group. As you know, our show has always been about listening to the creativity of uh, creative professionals, musicians, sculptors, painters, entrepreneurs, and so forth, and hearing what causes they support. And we try to shine a light on those causes. And most of those causes are usually youth-based. And, of course, any other cause that someone has that supports adults with youth or without, we are here to expound on that and make that uh, make a huge difference globally. Now, you know, one of the things that, you know, is very unusual about a group like uh, Broken Chains that I'm going to speak to a little bit more, and Jay Logan will as well, is the fact that, you know, a lot of music groups today are experiencing the fact that all of their music, it, it's very hard for them to get a, a music deal. And, uh, you know, with that happening, it, it's um, an unusual thing and an occurrence. So without further ado, we will be bringing on Mr. Logan shortly. And uh, I think we have a technical glitch here. We're back online. Okay. Now we're getting things together here. Um, so with without further ado, uh, Mr. Logan will be coming on shortly. As I said, we've had some serious technical glitches with uh, the, the radio here. So I'm going to start going right into some of today's news. Some of today's news is Twitter. You know, a lot of times when we get up, the first thing we do is go to Twitter. Now, I used to be that way, and I have stopped doing that because it really gets to the point that Twitter and Facebook, Pinterest, and all of these wonderful social media apps actually begin to control how our life goes, you know, and it's so easy to get caught up in conversations and so forth because really for me, I think the Internet is great to connect with people that, you know, you can't connect with here Right now, they're in other countries and other places. I prefer actually the phone. I still prefer to speak to people on the phone. But if I'm unable to, Twitter is so perfect and so is Facebook. But I just want to know, how many people find themselves usually trying to connect? Well, here we are, Mr. J. Logan. I'm so happy that he's here. 
Good afternoon, Mr. Logan. How are you today? I'm doing great. Um, it's a great day for me, and um glad to be on our wonderful show here. Um, it's kind of overcast here in San Francisco, but uh, <laughs> but I'm ready for today. Hopefully the clouds will disappear and the sun will come out shining. Now, Lynn, I know that we're going to go right into the topics of today, so if you could uh, let our guests know what the topics of today are, that would be great. Well, one topic that's interesting is high-tech fix for broken schools. And I'm wondering, if I'm going to ask a question to our, to our listening audience. Do you think, and you guys don't have to answer, of course, but Gail, how about you? Do you think that by eliminating teachers and adding laptops and computers is a good idea to fix some of the uh, education thing, educational things that are happening in our schools to make our kids learn better? And um, there's a couple of schools that are doing that. They're eliminating teachers and saving money, and they're giving all the third graders laptops, and they're giving them educational programs to help them learn better. Math, And uh, they've shown progress, progress from maybe – Two years ago, there was a 73% learning uh, educational uh, learning uh, curve there, and now they have moved it up to 89% by eliminating teachers and uh, actually um, giving these kids laptops. Um, so I don't know if that's a, the, the best thing to do if you rather have a laptop there or more teachers, but I think high tech is very important. And I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that. I think that um, by adding these laptops, letting the kids learn more about high tech, makes it more interesting. The kids are not as bored, and, uh, and I feel sorry for the teachers because we need teachers. But it's a kind of a fine line there, Gail. So I, I wanted to know your thoughts on that because um, that's what a lot of these schools are doing now. Are we still live on the radio, folks? Hello? Hello. Are we still live? Yes. What's happening on the radio here? We're live. What's going on? I don't know what happened. I was just cut off while I was talking, so I don't know what happened. Okay, so um, let's get back in. Okay, guys, I'm so sorry. We're having such a breakdown today around technical difficulties. We do apologize. Um Jay, as you were going into the topic, did you start from the top? Um, and yes, I will. The I, would, I, would, I, would, I would love to, Gail. I was talking about the high-tech fixes for broken schools. And as you know, in our country, we're like ranked uh, 23 to 27th in the world for our education. And uh, we used to be number one and number two. And so what's happening here, there's a school in North Carolina called Mooresville, and they have taken on a – high-tech uh, task where they have decided, Gail, to eliminate teachers, not all of them, and replace them with laptops for all the kids. 
and have shown that the educational uh, rate has grown from 73% to 89% in the last two years, which has been a great, great uh, increase of education there. So my question, Gail, what do you think about that? Because um, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you. I don't know if you should eliminate your teachers and replace them with laptops, but I do think there's a need to add high tech to your schools now so we can compete with the rest of the world. I don't think that laptops should replace. I don't think that laptops at all should replace teachers. I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, to save money. Um, they had to, it was an either or. So Moorfield decided to save money. So what they did, they got rid of a couple of teachers. And because the budgets are real small now, educational budgets are not as big as they used to be. So they had to do something. So it helped, it seemed to help the kids. The parents um, are able to follow along now. They can go online and see the kids' progress. Um, it seemed to help the kids. So I know we shouldn't get rid of teachers, but. High tech does replace people, and we know that. Um, that's what's happened there in um, Moorville in North Carolina. And um, so that's what's going on throughout the country. Um, I know my daughter, Jelena, um, a, lot of, a lot of times uh, I, have to, I don't even get to talk to the teacher. Basically, I go online to find out her progress and find out what type of programs that they're using to help her along her education. So it's kind of weird because you don't really have interaction with the teacher as much. You just look online, and you see all the work. You see what her grades are. You see what her homework is. So it's different than when I was raised up. I used to have to bring my homework home, and my mom used to have to talk to the teacher. So um, so I get it. Hello? Hello? Yes. So I just wanted to know, um, I just wanted to know your, your, your um, viewpoints on that. Um, is that are we headed in a great direction by uh, using these uh, high tech toys to educate our kids, or do you feel that we need to have more teachers in our schools and not and not and veer away, not veer away I think, from the old way? I think you know I, I I have to agree with you. I just think that you know it's okay to have both. Okay. Okay. I, I think so, it's okay to. Have, I think it's definitely okay to have. Have both. I agree too. Definitely. I think it's definitely okay to have both. But in these times of economic times, it's kind of hard to have both. You know, um, it's kind of hard. But I want to move on also to uh, um, Lenovo. Um, I don't know if you uh, have a having a laptop, but they make laptops, and um, they are now almost number two in the world in um, selling laptops. They made $141 million, and they're right on HP's tail. So I don't know if you have one of those nice – they close it in on HP, and they can make them cheaper, and they can make them better. And um, I have one, and I love it. So I don't know I don't know if you guys out there, but if you get a chance, check out uh, the Lenovo line of laptops and Ultrabooks. They're uh, they're on fire. The company's on fire right now, and they can make them cheaper. And um, they're shipping them out like pancakes. So I just want to share that uh, with our listening audience. And the last bit of news um, that I had, you know, 
was about Whitney Houston. Um, Whitney Houston has now been given by the Grammy Board a Grammy Museum, and it's, it's a tribute to Whitney Houston, and um, it's an exhibit titled Whitney's, Whitney's Celebration, the Musical Legacy of Whitney Houston, featuring items such as the singer's iconic gowns and some of her Grammy Award film scripts, modeling, modeling shots, and personal memorabilia. So um, it's down there uh, in Los Angeles. Um, you can go see that at the Grammy Board. Um, some of the highlights are beaded gowns that she wore in, at the 1994 Grammy Awards and private letters from uh, legendary producer Clive Davis. So congratulations to Whitney Houston. I love her. I miss her. And, and Sparkle will be out this month. I plan to go see that. And it's her last movie. So congratulations for her. It's a tribute from the Grammys. Oh, oh wow. That's a, that's amazing. That's, that's an, I think that's so amazing. So, so amazing. So, um, Joyce, uh, let us, you know, I want to go back to that teacher thing. You know, it really did kind of get me about the teacher thing. Um, what exactly do you think about technology coming into all the classrooms if the classrooms were to replace teachers in general? What do you think that would be like? I, you know, I, I, you know, I really think it would be numb, numbified. I mean, basically, it's almost like you want to eventually have robots teaching our kids. And it seems like it's going that way, where we're going to have computer robots teaching our kids. They're still off as, as laptops, but eventually I can see 20, 30, 40 years down the line, the teachers will be totally taken out of the class to save money, of course, and they're going to have robots teaching our children, which is scary. So we need people. We need humans. We need more. I mean, laptops are supposed to help the teachers not take over their jobs or put them out of work. Wow. Well, I, can see down, I, I can see down the line, and they might not say it now, but in the future I can see. I can see that possibly being due to economics and money, you can have a robot work for 50 years and not have to pay it and pay for it one time. So we're going that direction, which is very scary, very scary. So I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. I like the old librarian. I like the old music teacher. You know, when you go to when you go when you go out and you go to the store and you see these automated machines, they don't have a clerk or cashier sitting there, and you pay for it yourself. That's scary. So you they have eliminated a person, and that's what technology does: it eliminates people and replaces them with high tech toys. People have to wake up. This is very true. This is very true. Very, very, very true. Um, I just hope that they don't replace people. You cannot replace people. Right. Right. You can't. You can't replace people. Um, you can't replace human uh, interaction. It's nothing like having something there that cares that you're doing your homework, opposed to just giving instruction. So it's very important that we have people in, in place of these automation. Machines and automation. It's almost just like when you call some of the major companies, you know, out there. I can't say the names of the major companies. If you call them, you get an automated person online, and you sit there for an hour waiting for them to get your call through. And it's all automated. Press one, press two, press three, press four. 
when people have lives, you know, you're waiting on the phone for 20 and 30 minutes, they're not waiting. Well, this has got you on auto, automated, automation. So it's very important that we have people. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited because, you know, this show has not gone exactly the way we wanted to this morning. But I'm really excited to bring on our guest, which is Broken Chains, okay? And uh, we have two guests on who are from the group, and it's really exciting. Broken Chains is a Christian contemporary rock group who has found themselves reaching heights on MTV and other places in the U.K., and so forth, as a Christian contemporary rocker, and that's usually unheard of, especially being unsigned. So we're going to bring on the group members right now, which is uh, Phineas. See if we can get Phineas on here. Hello, Hello, Phineas. How are you today? Doing great, doing great. Um, is Jerry um, Juice Yes, uh, yeah, just give us a moment. We just want to introduce you to our audience. You're live on air right now with Jay Logan and Gail Davis. And we're going to actually bring on your uh, your your cohort and and group member. Is this is this Jerry? Yeah, it's um, Jerry. Jerry. Also known right, as Juice. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> How are you? Hey. This is uh, I'm doing Gail great. Davis. That's great. And this is Gail Davis and Jay Logan. And you okay. know, we're so we're so happy to have you on here today. You know, we had some technical difficulties at the beginning, but I think we're all ready to rock and roll here. Would you guys agree? Uh, yes. Are we ready? Okay. Okay, good. So we're going to get right in here into the questions, Phineas and Jerry. Is that okay with you? Sounds good. Good, good. Okay. So, you know, we saw your group, and we were just, like, really, really in shock about, you know, the group itself and, how it's reached such great heights, you know. It, it's very, it's very unusual to find a group like yours um, that is able to reach the heights that it has. But so that we can bring um, our audience back to the beginnings, you know, okay. of who you are, and to find out more about uh, you and Phineas and and Jerry. Well, Jerry, I think you're known as uh, Juice. Am I right? That's right, girl. You got it. Okay. So we're going we're to ask you and Phineas some questions about your name a little later, okay? Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a, there's some very interesting names I'm sure our audience is going to want to know. <laughs> you so, got it. You know, I wanted to start, you know, so you're with the group Broken Chains, and I would love to know, how did you guys form your group? Um, well, this is Juice. Um, basically, it was just... Um, uh one one day I was uh given a vision. God gave me a vision to, you know, put a band together. I had a sound that was in my mind, in my in, in my spirit. And um and I was just praying about, you know, who 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 exactly should be a part of this band. Um and I just started texting away, started making some phone calls. I was actually on my work and just started texting some guys that, you know, I was led to to just um, you know, make connections with. And um, I invited them to the first rehearsal, which was about three years ago. Um, and um, everybody um, was very excited about the movement, about the sound. You know, we rehearsed our first song that night. And um, actually, Phineas came on probably about two years later um, because the guitar player that we initially had wasn't able to do it. But, yeah, that's basically how we got started. And, Phineas, how did you become a part of the group? 
two years later? And, and what made you decide to say, yes, this is what I want to do? Um, well, my friend Antonio happened to be one of the guitar players that was going to try out for the Broken Chains band, and he was unable to do it, and he called me to come to a rehearsal. And I met these guys. I was familiar with the drummer Colin and Matthias and Junior, so it was like, oh, these familiar faces. I just never, it was actually my first time meeting Jerry. And then we just clicked it from there, you know? Okay. Yeah, Juice, this, this, is, this is Jay Logan. How are you doing, Juice? Hey, Jay, what's going on? Everything is wonderful. I have a, a very good question for you. You know, in this time, when they have metal rock and they have hard rock, what, what made you choose to be a Christian rock? Mm. Um, because uh well basically I'm a Christian first before I'm a musician. Um it's 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 um and, and, and I don't really consider myself like a Christian rock artist. I'm just an artist that's a Christian. So um whatever my message is, um, it comes from who I am. So um I express that musically, um, lyrically. So that's basically how it is. It's not you know, I, I go out of my way to say you know, this is Christian music, of course, because of the message and the the, the content. You know, people are definitely going to classify it as Christian music, but we normally like to classify it as freedom music. Okay, Juice, Juice I, want to ask you, I want to ask one more thing, you know, Juice. The difference between Christian music, is the music any different, or is it just the lyrical content? Um, with Christian well, nowadays it's kind of hard to find Christian music or gospel music because... Uh, um, Christian music normally um, is centered around Jesus Christ being the only way to the Father, and um, I mean, that, that's the way that you receive salvation, eternal salvation. So that's that's basically what the message of Christian music is about. It's talking about hope through Jesus Christ and and finding redemption through the saving blood of Christ. So um, yeah, definitely Christian music is about that. Um, although you know we do have uh, messages that definitely clearly express that, but we we talk about other things too. We talk about um, things, struggle. We talk about coming out of struggle. We talk about hope and being uh, um, um, being a better uh, person individually. So yeah. Wow, I, I'd like to know. Um, this, this is over the Phineas and 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 uh, Juice. You know. Uh, you know, I'd love to know, you know, as a Christian yourself, all right, is this is this what had you make the decision to be a part of this group? Was that it was a group of gentlemen who all of you could come together and create the kind of lyrical and music content that you wanted to? Is this what made you become a part of this group? Hello? Uh, I I don't think Phineas Phineas is with us anymore. <laughs> I don't hear him. Okay, let's see if we kind of walk him. Yes, we'll bring him back on here. Hi, right, Phineas. I guess we lost you there. Um, Phineas, my question to you was, and for our audience to know, you know, as Juice was explaining about himself and and why he chose to create this group with all of you together as a team, my question is, you know, here this group is in existence for two years, you know, and you come together with Juice and his fellow bandmates. My question to you is, what made you be a part of a group that is 
having the lyrical and musical content, you know, be something that comes together around God and things that inspire people in general. Can you share with me what made you say, yes, I want to be a part of this band? Um, as Juice reiterated, um, I'm a Christian first and a musician. I grew up playing in church. But the thing is, I, was, I knew I was really different from other Christians because I was always that nerdy, you know, rock kind of kid. So it's interesting how when I met these guys, I didn't know they was into it, you know, because I was familiar with other guys um, like Matthias and Junior and Colin. But my first time met Juice, I was like, I was really hooked to it, you know. And to find that we all had common interests in music tastes and we actually have a good camaraderie, it just happened to just fit in. Because all the bands I used to play for, Christian or not, I really didn't have that much chemistry on stage than I have with Broken Chains. And I've only, only been playing with uh, Broken Chains for about two and a half years. So that has just been an open door for me in the, in the realm of outside of music. You know, I could call or text these guys, hey, how you doing, you know. You know, in rehearsals, fun, you know. So it's like it's not... It's not um, a to-do list. It's more like I'm looking forward towards meeting these guys and connecting and, and doing something great, you know. It's not a – it's actually a privilege, you know. So it worked out well. How many band members are there of you? We got six, six members. Jay, Can I you hear me? You had a yes, we do. Jay, I think you had a question for them as well. Yeah, and I and I, I, I actually had two questions, but the first question is I wanted you guys to uh, explain, explain to our audience what it's like to make group decisions in your band. <laughs> well, I, uh, I would say, Jay, I think it's more like, do you mean the band or the music industry itself? <laughs> well, yeah, explain to our audience what it's like to make group decisions. Yeah, it's period. You know, I just would like to know. What is it's, what is it's, democratic or how do you guys go about it? Um, it's kind, it's tough. Um, it's challenging. Um, but I like to foster an atmosphere where it's not like uh, uh, a dictatorship. You know, it's I, I def I definitely respect everybody's uh, musicianship. So um, I'm always looking for feedback and input. But at the end of the day, you know, you're dealing with people, that's in anything. You know, somebody has to make the final decision, which which starts with me. But, you know, I always, um, you know, foster an environment where the guys see that their input is being taken taken seriously, that their creativity is always welcome. So, um, you know, there's different times that Phineas would give input or Marcus, our music director, he would um, give it. And I'll give them freedom just to... To do 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 just that. Okay, so now what 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 is it like making group decisions in the music industry? Um, it's it, it's tough. Um, because every because right now, especially as independent artists, you know everything's being done based off of you know independent cash, independent money. So it's like um, everybody has their responsibilities. Everybody has priorities and commitments 
So it's kind of tough to make it as a group because you have to take you have to take into consideration what everybody has going on. So yeah, we will definitely have meetings where you know we we'll sit down and chop it up and say you know guys this is what we have on the table, and you know sometimes it'll be a hard decision where we have to turn certain things down because everybody can't make it, um, you know at this point. So you know, but there'll be times where we have to sacrifice and say hey guys. Although this person can't make it and that person can't make it, we feel like this will be a, a great opportunity for the band as a whole. So even if you can't make it, we'll probably like try to creatively uh, produce some type of set or make the situation where we can still go on without that person, but letting them know that you know this is f- um, for the better of the band and not one man. My last question here to both of you guys: What what is the meaning of broken chains? Why did you guys come up with that thing? What explain to it, you know, explain mm-hmm. the audience? Both of you guys, I would like to hear both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, go first. Yeah, um, broken chains is basically um, centered around. Fr- I mean, uh, like this industry. I mean, we could we could take it different ways. You could take it spiritually, and you could take it naturally. Like spiritually. You know, a lot, a lot of us, we live in chains. We live in um, circumstances that seem to, you know, have us bounded up, like, and we feel like we can't live our life. We can't walk into our dream and destiny and do the things that we know that we were born to do. So we have chains around us. But, you know, broken chains is about breaking those chains, breaking the uh, uh, the barrier and, 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 and introducing a, a way of living you know, in your destiny, in your promise, and showing the world that, listen, you know, um, yeah, we're a Christian band, but look at us. We're on MTV.com. We're doing things that other Christian bands or artists are not doing, and we don't have limits on us. You know, there's no limitations. So Broken Change is really about freedom and the message of of, uh, pursuing and conquering your destiny in God. Interesting. Yeah. I have to reiterate on that because Juice had hit all the points. And um, Broken Chains mean to me is something really part of life, like really being separate from the grain, you know, what everyone's society is doing is really being free and, of course, you know, living a life with no no limit of holding back yourself, you know, whether it's, you know, talent-wise, whether it's spiritual-wise, you know, there's ways to go above you know, your challenge, you know, and that's what Broken Chains means to me, you know, above the challenge, you know, just breaking through and being free. Yeah. Well, you know, I have, my question is, being grounded in your faith and having this message be a part of your musical content, how were you able to climb up the MTV charts as an unsigned group? <laughs> when I answered that, you know, I, wish, <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I could give you a clear Answer, but my faith has to go back to God. It's only God, man. Yeah. Cause, uh, it's only God. Um, yeah. We, we, I'm shocked as you are. Like it's just, it's just me amazing too. to me that you know, independently, you know, we're we're able to see people that that are watching this stuff on MTV.com hit us back up and just giving us you know crazy reviews. And they're we're we're, we're next to videos like. French Montana and, and little Nicki Minaj and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. So it's like it's it's interesting to see that you know us keeping true to our message and not trying to 
you know, uh, water it down or trying to be somebody else. We're just doing what we know um, we were called to do, doing what we do best. And, you know, and God is just opening doors, and that door opened, and we ran right through it, so. Yeah. It's just being honest, you know? Like, yeah. When people hear Uh, your sound, people hear your music, it's honest, yeah. Well, what was it like for you? Say that again? What was it like for you when you found out that you were on the MTV charges in an unsigned group? Like, I was shocked just as much as Jerry because I pretty much, you know, because, you know, everything we do, we pray, like, in the rehearsal, we pray, we do everything, and that's fine, but, like, this is something that we know that we did our hard work for it, and it just happened to just fall in the right places. And I realized, just every day with Juices, you know, just the opportunity just open. You just walk through it, you know, just run through it, you know. And that's something that I'm just very thankful for, you know. And um, and just knowing, like, the comments that people leave, and these, like, a lot of the people that listen to our music, they're not, all of them, most of them are not Christians. So they, when they, like, people who appreciate music alone and they hear it, they they know what good music is, you know, by based on what they hear and they, they feel it. Like, there was a testimony that, Jerry, uh, tell, tell them the testimony about the, the lady, um, Oh yeah, at my wife's job, um, there was a lady, a, yeah. a Russian lady. She actually, uh, you know, just was walking by my wife's desk and overlooked and saw the video um, she was playing. And she's not a Christian. She doesn't, you know, go to church or anything like that. And never been to church. And um, she saw the video. She started tearing up. And you know, she was like, you know, can you send me this video? Because I want, I would like to share this with my son. So you know. We get stories like that all the time, which is definitely, like, blowing our minds away. So to see that on MTV.com, we could just imagine, you know, it's it's just an opportunity for us to reach, like, millions and millions of teens who, you know, who may be suicidal, teens who may be trying to, uh, you know, shoot up or drink themselves into a coma. You know, it's an opportunity for us to reach and touch the lives of so many young people. And let them know that there is hope. You know, if we can do it, or if we are doing it, then you you could definitely do it. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I wanted to know um, what what has been part of the MTV connection created for your band's direction? Well, well first of all, um, we got presented with a uh, recording contract um, that that actually opened doors for, you know, recording contract. It opened also it also opened doors for, you know, um booking. You know, we have people that saw the 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 video um on MTV dot com who wants us to come out to um venues in Boston. We got shows coming up in um uh, Virginia. So it's like it's it's really opening some major doors. Well, you know, one of the things I would like to know, um, well, you know, I had that question uh, for Phineas as well. You know, what has it created for you, Phineas, with your band, as being a part of this band? I think we lost him again. He's dodging. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's bring Phineas back in. <laughs> 
Hey, 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 Kel, I got one question for Juice. I just wanted to know, and when Phineas gets back to mind, you can ask him as well. I want to know what instrument does Juice play? Because I'm just curious if he plays his singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my I call I call it my mistress. I tell my wife that's my mistress. Um, it's it's actually called a uh, it's a it's a Roland AX synth, and it's actually called a keytar K E Y T A R. Yeah, so hopefully Roland is listening. Roland, if you're listening, uh, I'm open for endorsements. And Parker Guitars, you already know I'm, I'm emailing you. <laughs> oh, so Parker. Dude, you're, actually, you're actually, you're actually, Gail, what he said, Gail, he said he's actually running across the stage with a keyboard strapped on. That, is that basically what you're saying? Yes, sir. I mean... <laughs> I mean, we 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 get pretty wild on stage, so I can't be tied to one of those keyboards on a stand. I, you know, I, I think God made that instrument strictly for me because <laughs> cordless. <laughs> man, that that that's a a godsend. That guitar, I love it. Are you guys familiar with um, Patrice Russian? Who? Patrice Russian. No. <clears throat> No. Patrice, Patrice Russian used to, you know that song, Forget Me Not? Um, I forgot how. Jay, how does the song go, Forget Me Not? Oh, oh that song, yeah. Forget Me Not, want you to remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that song. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, well, she she is now one of the biggest arrangers and uh, you, you might as well say teachers of instruments. She plays with people, some of the biggest musicians all over the world. She's the only person that can bring a group of musicians together from all over the world that play for, like, Bruce Springsteen, you know, everybody, okay? Wow. And it will sound like they have been playing together for 20, 30 years. Well, Patrice mm-hmm. Russian is, is a protege of um, Quincy Jones and many others, and she does all of the person who's doing the arrangements for the back end of BET for the Grammy Award for all of the scores that you hear on many movies and so forth. She's behind. She mm-hmm. plays 26 instruments. So one of her wow. favorite wow. instruments is, car- is carrying the keyboard across the stage. <laughs> wow. Okay? And she loves nice. it. And the thing is, Jay, uh, Jay and I and a couple of other people, we went to her concert one day out in Oakland about two years ago. The woman, oh, my God, you could not believe she had everybody up in their seat. She could command the crowd. She does the Apollo. She does, you know, uh, all, all the jazz venues from Switzerland to China. Wow. wow. And artists call on her to be a part. Stevie Wonder and her once made an arrangement together because he didn't like the arrangement. Considering he's blind, she went and changed up the arrangement. He knew what it was, and they played like they had been playing for years. She did the same mm-hmm. thing with Lady Gaga. She did the same thing with Celine Dion. You're talking about any artist. She just goes in there, and she plays the piano, whatever instrument she needs to play and arrange, right there on the spot. Wow, mm. that's amazing. So, you know, when we hear you going across the stage, that's what it reminds me of, because Patrice is a woman. <laughs> she's always, she's like four, it's so cool. She's four foot 11. She's four foot 11, oh, and that's it. So, yeah, you know, one of the questions I have, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, Juice, were you saying something? No, I was going to say, it sounds um, like she's doing way more than I am doing. You know, I'm, I'm just starting, <laughs> so I'm a rookie in this, in this game, so hopefully yeah. I can inspire to get to where she is. 
No, she would just have a bunch of fun with you, that's all. So that's how she loves, she loves <laughs> musicians who, who do the kind of work and just go wild. She loves that. So, oh, you know, are you able to live off of your music, or do you have to work a full-time job? Full-time job. Uh, full-time job. Right now, yeah. I Actually, a three-time job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Time. I do yeah. music part-time, and then on the left side, I do modeling and promo work. And then in the middle, I do social media, online, um, you know, SEO. And on the side of that, I do music production. I sell tracks to artists and and um, commercials and stuff. So. What about you, Juice? I know you do a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I can't begin. First, first of all, I'm married, so that's that's work number one. Um, <laughs> um, I work at a call. I'm a manager actually for one of the biggest eye glass companies in the world, um, Luxottica. Um, and I also I'm a music director at a church in um, Holtzville, New York, which is called Jesus is Lord. Um, I'm also um, a music producer. I produce and arrange and write for different local artists. And I'm a musician, so I, I do gigs as well. I play out for different, you know, artists, R&B, pop, hip-hop. So. Wow. Um, I want to know, like, does, you know, by having a job or, or with all the other jobs you have, does this affect you guys being able to go on tour? And if so, does your job give you time off to do this, do this, or do so? <laughs> um, my job is very flexible, being that um, you know I'm on salary, so I, I try to the 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 dates around the weekend, and if not certain dates, like it's it's, it's not heavy right now where we're touring like crazy, but a lot of our dates is normally on a Saturday, Sunday. If it's a Thursday, then, you know, the, my job is very flexible with that. Yeah. Okay. And you, um, and you too, also? Well, for me, yeah, the you. fact that I'm not like, hello? No, no, go right ahead. Go ahead. We just wanted to make sure we didn't lose you again. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm in, in the store right now. But, um, yeah, pretty much I don't have, I'm not married or anything like that, but definitely I'm actually still in school too, so. Um, that actually works for my schedule that we have things on the weekend and and um being that I do a lot of freelance video and music production so that's constantly doing online so I could be on the go and do my work, you know. Yeah, but but, but but don't get it don't get it wrong though, the hope is to definitely leave the job and uh be able to tour. Exactly. That's our grow. ultimate goal, you know. Get, yeah. Do do you guys do you guys like when you have your concerts? Um, and I was I was joking with Gail earlier. I was wondering, like, on Sunday, do you, are you off, or would you go to church on Sunday, or do you still have a concert? How does that work? Is that supposed to be the day of rest, or how do you guys deal with that? Like, we got to play on Sunday, but we have church service also, or just give me an example. What do you guys do? Um, well, my church, with me and my church, um, um, we have uh, three services. Um, so. We have other musicians as well, so sometimes I'll play um, 8 o'clock service. Eight, we have an 8, 10, 12, so I'll play 8, 10. And if we have anything that's happening that night or if we're going out of town, like the end of this month will be in Canada. Um, so, you know, I have people covering. So as a music director, I'm not really, you know, obligated to be there every Sunday. You know, I can just 
make sure that there's um, coverage and make sure that there's people there to make sure that service goes on. But yeah, we we go to church. You know, we're we're, we're Christians, like I said first, and um, you know, musicians second. Excellent. Well, you know, one of the things that I would um, I'd like to know, Jay, did I cut you off there? Did you have another one before I go on? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I did. I, had, I wanted Phineas to, uh, I wanted him to ask, answer that also. That um, does he? Uh, <laughs> I wanted him to let me know what he does on Sunday because it was, it was you know, kind of hard to, you know, do you have, I mean, how do you how do you work it out? Do you do the same thing as Juice? He must, we lost he must him be. again, Jay. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, let's bring him back on. on. Let's bring him back on. What's wrong? With that? <laughs> I'm so that's sorry. How we got we got you guys back. We got you back, Phineas. Don't worry about it. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> okay, so um, Jay had a question for you about Sundays. Okay, yeah, Sundays have, being Sabbath. Yes, because I'm wondering if you guys, um, you guys have. You, you you must know the question already. You must heard it. Yeah, I heard some of the questions about um, Jay said something about Saturday and then Sabbath, and that's what I got caught off. Um, that's a really good question because I myself I play at uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle for the youth choir, and on fr- sometimes on Fridays. And um, technically, that's work that I do on Fridays nights and and or on Sunday mornings to afternoon. So, um, well, I do know that for a fact that since it's, I'm I'm servitude, I'm set apart to serve the church. I don't really consider it as work as much, even though I have to, you know, clocking, whatever, but it's what I do because I love what I do and I actually, this is my place of worship too, so um, I guess technically it's not work for me, even though I have to carry my guitar everywhere, but it's, <laughs> it's not work. <laughs> so my, my next question for you guys is, I'd like to know, we hear you have a following in London. How did this come about? <laughs> oh, man. I can, I can answer the, the, that. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Uh, long story short, I have a lot of friends in London because I, I, I went to Liberty University as an undergrad, and I used to gig a lot, you know, travel and so on, whatever. And over years, when I moved back to New York, shows in the city, and I just happened to meet a lot of people from London, and I have mutual friends who actually was from there who went to the school, I know, and then they moved back to London and kept it. Hello? Hello? I think we lost him again, y'all. We're going to bring him back on again. (laughs) <laughs> but um yeah, it, Phoenix does have a lot of friends in um overseas. But we also connected with this uh shout out to the Brooks Brothers from Embryo Music. That's M the letter M dash Brio B R I O Music dot com. Um they also have a online magazine called Mex Mag. Um these guys actually, you know, are our biggest supporters over there. Um they have one of the largest online Christian music sites. So um, when they heard our single about in 2010, they actually uploaded it onto their site as a free download. We we gave it to them as a free download, and it just started. You know, it, it was just contagious. Everybody started downloading it, and did you know we was in the top ten? 
then top five, and then we climbed to the charts. It was number one for a while, but it was it was just amazing, the love and the support. And um, Adam Brooks and Matt Brooks, I, I definitely got to give a shout-out to them. Well, I believe that Cynthia is back on, Cynthia, um I think I think because my battery's low, so uh, you guys probably go on. If if I don't speak, that's probably mean my battery died. Okay, no problem. But we'd like to know from you, uh, you can yeah. about London, if you could. Yeah, Jerry's answered everything pretty much. <laughs> okay, so um, one. Um, so. Um, if you know, if you could just like add a little bit more, uh, Phineas, just so that if you do get cut off, our audience will hear from you. Yeah, pretty much what I love though, just social media. You know, pass to the friend. Got a hold of um, Adam Brooks, who owns the big blog in the UK, and then from there we submitted. They they submitted. Um, we submitted, and then our track, and it went straight to the top from there. You know, over. Downloads? Uh, there was like fifty thousand dollars over. Wow. I want. I had a question. I wanted to ask. Uh, do, you plan on, do you plan on going That's to organically? I, I think Phoenix is, is kind of. He's breaking up. Okay. Jay, um, was, I think Jay, Jay had another question for you. Okay. Okay, what was that question? It was, uh, do you plan? Do you guys plan on going to London soon? And and what label are you on over there? Um, we're not under any label. Um, we're independent. Everything is out of pocket. So, uh, London. Once we get that, once we get the invitation, we'll be on the first plane. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely love, uh, you know, the overseas. They show us a lot of love. Um, definitely can't wait to go out there. We know that we'll, we'll have a blast. Um, but again, you know, once we get that invite, somebody, you know, anybody's listening from the UK wants us to come out there, London, uh, Germany, we, 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 Japan, we, we, we're ready. Well, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to go and I was Jay just wanted to um, ask you to ask this question because I know you would love to ask this question. You know, we heard you say out everything is out of pocket. Okay, so we have yeah. to ask you, you know, Jay, I think you might want to ask the question before I do about what it's like for a group to come out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it like? What? Um, well, being that uh, I'm, 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 I'm dubbed the leader of the band, you know, it definitely comes out of my pocket, that's for sure. <laughs> um, the, band, the, the band definitely contributes, um, and I appreciate them for doing that. But at the end of the day, you know, I have to hold an account of, you know, everything as far as the music video straight from my pocket. You know, we've done, we we actually done some fundraising and stuff like that. It's it's tough, man, because you know, a, a lot of people, um, you know, really think that we're, you know, either we're signed or we just like have a lot of money, <laughs> and that's not even the case. Like the music video, my wife actually did the wardrobe styling. Um, and and she asked me, you know, a funny question. She was like, so what's the budget for the wardrobe? And I wrote on a piece of paper zero and gave it right back to her. Um, so we, we had to, like, borrow clothes and 
um, you know, just ask favors from different designers. Can you can we hold a piece for this, piece for that? So it's a lot of bartering. It's a lot of uh, you know, do this for me and I'll you know come play for you or I'll give you a track free. Or, it's a lot of bartering involved. So um, coming out of pocket, you know, it could be very expensive, but we see it. I definitely see it as an investment. Uh, and you know, the fruits of our labor definitely shows in you know our music video, our album that's on iTunes right now. A sound of war cry of freedom. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's just a blessing. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, I want to I want to get into causes here. Okay. okay. I really want to get into causes here. Um, I want to know what causes are important. What, what causes what, do you, you and your group? Causes, charities. What charities do you and oh. your group support? Um, we we definitely support. Well, my my church has uh, a nonprofit organization that's called Heads um, Hope Empowerment and Development Zone, um, which is very active in the community with um, 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 you know developing teens, um, 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 those who have been dubbed juveniles. Um, we have a, a a big heart for for young people. Um, especially teens that you know maybe in a, um, um, a detention center, um, jails. You know we're, we're definitely involved as far as um, engaging with young people that 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 find themselves in in that position. Um, causes we we don't have one cause that we actually affiliated with. Um, we we try to you know as causes as and anywhere we can find ourselves available to. Be a part. You know, we, we've um, we've um, contributed our services to um, the Glow Conference, which is happening tonight and tomorrow. And this cause, um, we actually um, declined for them to give us any type of uh, uh, of honorarium or pay um, because they went. They they invited us to come out and be the featured and headline um, event. Um, but we declined because we want to definitely support this cause, which is uh, against gang violence. Um, this uh, is called H-E-V-N, which is called HEAVEN. Um, I'm not sure of the acronym right now, but uh, definitely they definitely uh, are geared towards presenting opportunities for young people to volunteer in their community and and to... Um, find different ways that they can be part of their community and develop uh, um, scholarship opportunities. Um, and they're geared towards signing up young people, you know, to teach our culture that it's not just about taking, but it's about giving back. So we definitely, you know, partner up with um, James Mackey, who is actually the program director over Heaven. And um, once once I heard his man, I was like, man, we don't – we don't want a dime. We just want to come out there and help you in any way we can, um, and, and get these young people involved in the community and help them, you know, um, find another way of being a part of something rather than being a part of gangs, bloods, and crips and Latin kings. So, um, yeah. So that's the, basically what we do. We try to find ways that we can give back all the time. Uh, Juice, how does that heaven or these causes? affect you personally? What, I mean, you know, why are you doing this? And how, how does it affect you personally? 
Well, I mean, as a as a as a teen, um, a lot you know, a lot of my friends who I grew up with, they can tell you that you know, I was um, a very good basketball player. You know, I, I I don't know if I would have ended up in the NBA, but you know, I've won awards, MVP, um, um, trophies, league trophies, city trophies. So I've 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 played in several basketball games where, you know, I was the most valuable player, and my mother and father has has not seen me play basketball all all of their life. So I never had anybody in the stands cheering for me. Never never had anybody in the stands saying, you know, go Jerry, you can make it, you can do it. So I know what it is to have no one there as a support or to say that you can make it in music or make it in anything. Um, so which led me to, you know, be a part of gangs. I was part of, you know, gangs growing up um, where I got into some trouble, um, got suspended from school. I was a, a student at George Weston House School. Um, I got kicked out, and um, my parents, you know, were so ashamed of what I did, and I had to move to Florida, um, you know, where I attended school. Um, but again, it, it's just showing you that without support or support system or showing you that you have so many options in this world to become great at whatever you've been called to do. Um, these young people don't know it. They think that it's only BET or MTV where there's so many other opportunities. You can be a writer for sitcoms. You can be a writer as plays as you know the great um, Tyler Perry has shown us. You can be um, 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 you know, a singer, but it doesn't stop there. You can be a business owner. You can be uh, uh, a doctor, a lawyer, or or a teacher. You can be a professor at a college. You, there's so many options that these young people do not know, and they are led astray by gangs and led astray by so many uh, addictions. So this um, opportunity, when it came to me, when uh, James started talking to me about um, um, being a part of something that will present opportunities to young people so that they can become part of the community and give back and volunteer work, uh, that hit home, you know. That really well, you helped, know, you know? I, I, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's, it's a very funny thing because, um, you know, Jay and I do a lot with youth, and we're, I'm sure you know that uh, your bandmate, Phineas, is involved with a project that Listen and Give, which is myself, Jay, and other collaborators, Okay. Right. Are a part of that's going to be giving back, and you know I want to make sure that people realize it's not just one culture. You were, mm-hmm. you were you were speaking to of your culture, which is you know your culture of being African American. Okay. Right. But there are there are all of our cultures. There is black. Right. There's white. There's Hispanic. There's Asian. You know this goes on. This happens not just here in the United States amongst the African American culture. It happens. Mm-hmm you know, across the world that gangs are showing up or even wealthy students, it happens across all economic lines, you know. Mm-hmm. But mainly the issue is amongst gangs, is amongst the urban areas of the world, okay? Right, you know, right. And, and it's in countries that we don't even hear about. So I, I think, you know, first of all, I would like, if you don't mind, would you share with our audience your age? Um, 34. What's really good about this is you are still young, you know what I mean? And right. you're very young you're a young person who is giving this back to the community. That's why I wanted our audience to know your age. Because 
these are young people who can actually relate to you at the age that you are. Because unfortunately, when you start hitting 50 and 60, young people think, oh, they're old, they don't know. You know what I mean? Right, right. But, but when it's someone like who's in their 30s, and not to say that young people won't respect the older, but they'll feel that there's too much of a generation gap for them to really relate, not knowing that everyone, to some degree, on some level, has been through some of these things. And I know Jay can really speak to it, being one that I know that he's had his son die of a drive-by shooting for mistaken identity. Wow. You know? Wow. So, um, you know, Jay, if you want to just speak to a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard, and it's just wonderful to have young people like you still out there on the fight, Christian people, that knows the difference and they know they know that it's all on the cross. And basically, it's great that you're doing this, you know, because we need more young people like that. So, Juice, I commend you, you on what you're doing. It touches my heart, you know, because I've been through. And by you taking it upon yourself to go out there and fight the crusade, that just makes me so happy. Oh, and thanks a lot, Jay. I think the one thing that Jay and and Jerry, a.k.a. Juice, we have to remember is one thing important, and, and this is for Phineas as well. You know, let's talk about Phineas for a minute. Phineas's name is, he uses that as Finestro but his name is Phineas Robert. And Phineas is another young man who dresses very well when you see him. He's usually in a suit jacket and a pair of slacks. He carries himself as a gentleman. He is in school. Phineas is of Haitian descent. He's here in the United States. He is a young black man. And he does not fit, nor do you fit, what our our country looks at as African-American black males. You don't fit that, quote-unquote, stereotype, which is a, and there's so many that are not that stereotype. But the smaller mm-hmm. segment is taken to be looked upon as that segment if you're black or you're Hispanic. Even if you're white, if you're in the Midwest and you're white, you might be considered a drunk. That's true. You know, you know so we all, there's so many stereotypes out there, but we have to remember audiences to look at ourselves as people first. That's the most important yeah. thing. And, and you know, um, Jerry, I think that Jay has one more question. I have one more question. And my last question to you, you're a Christian. You've got this contemporary rock thing moving. You've gone up MTV, and, you know, you're on MTV. You're making a difference there, and people are hearing your music. You know, there's so many faiths, whether it's Buddhism, whether it's, you know, um, uh, Muslim. There, I, I just re- recently heard of a um, faith called Raelians, R-A-E-L, um, right. yeah, you know, Scientology, you name mm-hmm. it. How, you know, when, when you're talking about God and you're very proud of who you believe in, mm-hmm. do you find that people just welcome it no matter what faith they are? Um, I, I, I guess the answer would be no. Um, it's not because belief is one of the hardest things to um, to change. Because when somebody believes, they believe out of experience. They believe out of something that, you know, you may have, well, you have not been there where they've been. So they're telling you, I believe this because I've been through some things, and right where to, I stand today is the reason why I believe this, um, for the most part. So when I, when I do share my Christianity, I don't share it, um, you know, as to preach to them as to this is the way, then this is how you got to do it. I'm preaching out of my experience. 
I, I sing out of my experience. I, I play out of my experience. And through the sharing, if they hear something that they can relate to, and through the God experience, um, through the God I believe uh, and I serve, that God will be able to draw them in and pull them in. Because it's not my job to change. It's just my job to share what God's done for me. And hopefully through that, that they would receive something uh, or receive a change as well. Well, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Um, hmm. Very, very powerful. Well, yeah, because I, 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 I just want to say, yeah, um, I, I just feel like, um, you know, this this generation, they're not interested in telling me what I do wrong or telling me another thing that I'm not doing right. Um, they need to see, tra- they, they need transparency. They need to see, like, listen, like for me, you know, I'm I'm talking from experience. I was homeless for uh, about four or five months. Um, I was on the street. Now, I'm not talking about living on people's um, sofas. I was on the street riding away from one borough to, to another. So I'm talking from direct experience that nobody but God was able to bring me out of that situation. So when I share it like that, as opposed to, listen, you need to get out of bed. You need to stop having sex. You need to stop doing this. You need to stop doing this. It The the reception is totally different because I am sharing with you what I've been through and how I came out. Now, if you have a similar experience or if you've been through something similar, you can relate, then hopefully God can do something through you the way he's going to do it with you, because everybody's different. Wow. You know, Jay, do you have a question for him before we leave? Um, yeah, real real quickly here. Um, what does it feel like to have the sun on stage with you? Do you? In other words, what does it feel like to have you got a band leader there and you got Jesus on stage with with you? What does it feel like to have the greatest spiritual leader on stage with you when you're performing? Oh man, <laughs> it's overwhelming. Um, it's overwhelming, Jay, because every time I think that you know I've seen it all, because you know I've played with many great artists, but you know to see where we came from and to see the prayers that we've put in before rehearsals, there are times that we don't even have rehearsal. We just pray for the 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 the, the teens and the young people that we're going to be coming in contact with. And to see the things that happened during our set, just a live experience. We we had uh, we have this movement called Freedom Fighters, where we take pictures of young people who's not ashamed, not afraid to say, you know, after they've heard us and after we had a a, a crazy time, they they write on a a, a pad or notepad or, or or board exactly what they, what they believe got freedom from, and you see. You know, their freedom from depression, low self-esteem, stuff like that. And they're writing this and they're taking a picture proudly saying, listen, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not in chains no more. I'm free from depression. I'm free from bitterness. Uh, I can forgive now. You know, stuff like that is powerful to me to see the type of music we do. It's not your typical gospel, clap your hands, stomp your feet type of music. You know, we're, right. we're totally different. And to see the results of that, you know, I know it's it has to be the greatest leader in the world. It has to be, you know, Jesus Christ. So, 
Wow. Well, we, we, you have another question, Jay, before we go? No, no, that was it. He answered it, and that's wonderful. I, I'm glad that it's affecting the youth here because, you know, we're about youth. That is so wonderful. So that's beautiful. Well, you know, um, I, I have to tell you, um, I, you know, Jay, I'm going off of protocol here, so don't don't get don't get me later. Um, there's, there's something you said that really hit me hard. You said you were homeless for four months. Okay. Y- I yes. just want for, for for our audience. Are you are you a college graduate? No. Okay, but you have that you've you've had some college. Yes, I've attended college for two years. Yes. And I, I want everyone to hear that, okay? I want all the young people to hear that. Because in this day and age, you've got to have faith to pull you through whatever you believe in. Would you agree with that, Juice? Uh, I totally agree. You have to. Have, you have whatever to. you I mean, believe in, we knock no mm-hmm. faith here. Whatever you believe in, you have to have mm-hmm. faith in it. Because for you to have attended some college, to be, you know, whether you attend college or not does not make you intelligent. Because you could be... I've seen people, you know, when I went to college, even now, you know, that are intelligent fools with no common sense. So college, you know, can make or break you, yes. But the the thing that I want to say to this is, you know, that dude, having you be homeless, that means that you can be a college graduate, that means you could be someone attending college. Things happen. And I just, if you wouldn't mind sharing for just, you know, like a minute, how you became homeless and how you got off the street and, you know, got back to work and continued on with your dream of believing in the music that you create. Um, well, I'm I'm keep it real short. I'm giving you the 45 version. Um, I was in Florida, um, and again, it happened right immediately after 9/11. Um, just you know, employment started declining, and it's just like it became really tough. I lost um, my job. Um, and then it was hard finding work. Um, I was doing gigs on the side. I was working at a church. wasn't paying me much. Um, but then, you know, the gigs wasn't coming anymore. And, you know, I, had, I was living on my own. I didn't have a roommate. So it was really tough. And then I started living in my ex-girlfriend's car um, in Florida. And then, you know, pride set in. Like, you know, I can't live like this. I can't live in her car. So, um, you know, I decided... You know, after believing what God told me, he told me, like, music is going to be what I do in order to reach the world. So I got up, went to New York, I moved to New York um, in 03. Um, after losing my apartment, I lost my job. Um, even my car's transmission came, uh, fell out. It was just, everything was just going downwards. Um, and I found myself in this place. And I came to New York with my last check from the church and I didn't have a place to stay. Didn't have no friends. Um, just started, you know, roaming the streets of New York trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, all, you know, I was born in, and raised in New York, but you know, I've, it has been a long time since I've been back. Um, and I just so happened to run into an old friend who knew somebody I actually was trying to reach and, um, coming to find out he connected me with him. And um, within a week, I met up with my friend. His name is Gene, and he invited me to a rehearsal. Um, when I got to the rehearsal, he actually bumped into somebody he haven't seen in a you know in a minute. And this guy 
a pastor working with a church who is looking for a music director. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and he says, and he asks my friend Gene, he's like, do you know anybody that's looking for a position? And he looks down at me, and he says, he is actually, he just moved um, from Florida, he's actually looking for something. And that's how the connection worked out where I started working at this church. I was still homeless, you know, still, you know, hair looking crazy. I still had the same velour suit on um, and <laughs> went to this interview at the church and got the position. And just through that and just through my faith, believing God, you know, in those times I was mad. I was mad at God because I felt like, listen, I gave my life to the church. You know, I've done all the, well, in my eyes, I thought I did all the right things, you know, go to school and do the things I'm supposed to do. But, you know, through my faith and just believing that this is not what God said, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing, and eventually got the um, the position at the church, started saving, building. That's where I met my wife. Who, um, about to be married for five years in November, um, and through that was able to just just uncommon things just started happening. Doors just started opening where I got gigs and just money started pouring in from um, different opportunities, production opportunities. People would give me um, um, you know money just for playing at a certain event. I, I mean, it's just just mind blowing how everything just came full circle, came back around because. I, I'll tell you, Gail, there'll be times I thought that I would not make it. I would not see another day. There were times that I did not eat the whole day, didn't know how I was going to make it. And to see how just everything lined up after I bumped into an old friend in the city and he knew somebody that I was actually looking for, invited to a rehearsal, and my old friend actually bumped into an old friend that same night who was looking for a music director for a church where I became the music director where I am now. Wow. Well, you know what I want to say to you? I want to, I want people to say, because in your case it wasn't church, but it could be anything. I have one last question for you. How come you did not stay with your parents? Um, My parents, well, during that time, my parents are, and I are on good terms now, but during that time I haven't spoken to my parents in years um, because my parents were against my music. They're against me um, pursuing music. Um, they, they, you know, again, they, they, it's not their fault. And I find that out, you know, not too long ago. I had to forgive them because they come from a strict family home. You know, I'm, I'm Haitian, so uh, oh, they, wow. they, they believe like music is for the devil. You're not gonna make any money in music. I don't know what you're doing. Even sports, they wouldn't allow me. You know, they wasn't supporting any type of sport activities, you know. Um, but I realized that later, you know, um, that, you know, through losing the passing of my grandmother, you know, we had a big family reunion, and I was able to see through the eyes of my uncles and my aunts the things that they were saying about, you know, how my father grew up, and he was basically their parents because, um, their mother and father was actually sick and wasn't able to work, so my father grew up strict and he had tough love. He, my father, never told me he loved me. He never, you know, gave me a hug and say, "Hey, you know, I love you, son." You know, I've never, I've never heard that from my father. So, but hearing that, um, having that experience through the passing of my grandmother and seeing the family members gather and hearing 
the experiences my father had made me see why he is the way he is today. So I would initiate, you know, I would, you know, get off the phone and say, hey, Dad, I love you. Or when I see him, give him a hug. And I would engage and tell him, hey, I love you, and hug him because I know he won't do it. So, and after a while, you'll see, hey, son, I love you. For the first time in my life, he said that, you know, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it's, 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 it doesn't matter what position, even if it's a church, out of church, the, the, one of the biggest things that we, 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 we have a problem with, whether you're black, uh, Caucasian, wherever you're from, Hispanic, we have to learn to forgive people. We have to learn to forgive our parents. We have to learn to forgive people that we felt done us wrong, people that we counted on or we thought that they would be there. We have to learn to forgive them because we are not going to experience our life to the fullest if we have this bitterness or this thing that we're holding on to. We're not. So in order to achieve and obtain the fullest and, and, and the most fulfilled life, you have to release that bitterness and say, hey, I, I forgive you. I know you know, it's one of the hardest things to do because you feel like you're letting the person off the hook, but that's not the case. You're letting yourself off the hook and allowing yourself to live the life that you're destined to live. And, you know, and, you know, what I'm going to say to, so that we, you know, to finish up the interview is so first of all, uh, I think, Jay, you would agree. We interviewed a lot of people. We've had Danny Simmons on here. We've had, and he was amazing. We've had, you know, uh, Nolie from Monster Cable. We've had Constance. We could go on for names, but I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed this interview today with you and Finestro because it was, oh, thank to me, you. It was it was real, you know. It's something that people can grab a hold of. And, you know, to a lot of the people in our audiences who are very wealthy, you may think you cannot connect with this, but just imagine when you amass a fortune like, let's say, Donald Trump. Donald mm-hmm. Trump has lost money over and over and over again. And there's a story that I've heard. I do not know if it's true, so don't quote me. But I understand that Donald Trump was once walking down the street with his daughter, Ivanka. And he looked mm-hmm. at the homeless guy over across the street and said, that man is richer than we are right now. <laughs> that is very very powerful. He said because he lost his fortune and everything that he was down to the suit he wore was owned by someone else. Hmm. Wow. So I want everyone to remember something. As Jay is a parent here, um, I have nieces. The biggest forgiving that to this is for parents. You could be 90 or 100 years old and your children are 70. When you right. forgive them, you make them whole. Mm-hmm. You make them whole, and right, and right. we can say that we can make ourselves whole, but you make them whole. If Jay's daughter is very upset with, you know, Jay's daughter knows that she's upset with, he's upset with her. Her, her, him hugging his daughter to say I love you puts everything to rest because we are connected mm-hmm. now to our parents in such a way that not medicine or science can ever understand. So it makes you whole. And I'm sure when your father told you I love you. That I don't care if you were sixty, that made you that made you feel like you could do anything. Yeah, made me fly. I mean, it, and it was around the same time I started the band, and I believe like at that point, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I I had such a drive and a passion. I felt like I could conquer anything that I put my hands to. Yes, you know. So 
With that said, I want to thank everybody. We've definitely gone over time, and so um, people will be able to hear this interview. And, and Finestra, we thank you for being on, and um, we definitely thank you for being on, and I'm sure that we look forward. We'd love to have you back on again in the future. Would you come back and see us? Of course, Gail. I enjoyed you guys. Thanks, Jay, Gail. You guys are the best. Thank you. You know, so we thank you for being on, and um, we will definitely be probably doing some work with you guys in the future. So thank you, and please uh, tell them where they can find you, uh, Jerry. Absolutely. You can um, definitely check out, check out our website, which is uh, Broken, Broken Chains Man, and Chains is with a Z, and Chains Band, B-R-O-K-E-N, C-H-A-I-N-Z, band.com. Um, or you can hit us up. You can call us at 917-340-3386 for any booking opportunities or just, you know, any uh, community service as well. So we're definitely open to hear um, any opportunities you guys have. All right. And, Jay, thank you as usual as a co-host and me as a co-host to you. We we take this thank out. You. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. God bless. Thank <laughs> you.